You're listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast, available on Podbean and iTunes. Amen. And today we are getting ready to enter in into a time of intercession. Intercession. And that's a little different than what we usually do. But we're going to be called to intercede. And today we begin a new series called God of this City. God of this City. And we're going to, over the next 40 days, beginning on Wednesday. How many of you know what this Wednesday is? I know some is Valentine's Day. But it's also something in the Christian calendar called Ash Wednesday. And, um, yeah, if you forget Valentine's Day, it will be Ash Wednesday for some of you. I guarantee you. But it's a time where... Usually in the Christian calendar, people begin to humble themselves before the Lord. You've seen people, and they've had these ashes maybe on their head. I was talking to someone, and they said, you know, I put those ashes on my head, but it was just kind of an ornamental thing. It was something that we all, all did. God is looking for the ashes of the flesh and that we have been consumed by His grace and that we have died to self and that we are alive in Him. That's really what he's looking for. And so this Wednesday it begins. And if you've not uh, picked up your book, you really need to do that today. It starts Wednesday. And some of you may have it. Um, I don't know if I brought it up here with me. I did. But I just want to make sure that uh, you understand that on this Wednesday, February the 14th, it is day one. And the first prayer that we're going to pray is we're going to ask God to bring lasting revival. Lasting revival. A renewal until Jesus comes. And each day there is a special emphasis of people that we're praying for. This Wednesday we're going to be praying for the poor. But you know what? Here's what's going to happen. When you start praying for the poor, God's going to bring poor people to you. And you're going to have an opportunity to be a blessing. I'm preaching now. A lot of times we need to put feet and arms and legs to our prayer. And there's also a nation of the world that we're going to be praying for each day. So we're going to be praying for the Americas and the Caribbean. Uh, Antigua. uh, Bahamas. Aruba. Now you're not praying for a cruise, okay? But you're praying, God, minister to all of those areas. They need Jesus. Some of these areas are still recovering from the hurricanes. And uh, we just want to lift these nations up in prayer. God's going to change our focus to the world. We're going to pay off this building and we're going to change our focus. In fact, God is saying, let's do it now. Let's believe now. I, I, I will not wait until we have a note burning God says, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Not talk about it, but do it. And so that begins this Wednesday. Make sure you have that. But we're going to begin this series today, and I'm going to tell you what it's all about in terms of why we're doing this with this particular series, God of this City. Let's go to our text found in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 20 through verse 23. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 20 and verse 23. Then the Lord said, 
the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Let me explain this next verse. The men turned away. Abraham has had a visitor, had three visitors, and they affirmed to him the covenant that God has made. But he, they have turned but, and have left, and they are going towards Sodom. They're going to check things out. But I want you to understand what happened with Abraham. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep the righteous with the wicked? Will you, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked, God? I know judgment may come times, but Lord, they're, they're righteous people. Will you, will you intervene and would you do something? In this particular verse of Scripture, it is the first time that we find an intercessory prayer, intercessory type prayer, and we see that Abraham is praying for the city. So it's interesting to note that one of the first prayers in Scripture, a man stood in behalf of his city. And God has called us to stand in the gap for our county, Carter County. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the place where I live. I'm thankful that Carter County is an awesome place. And we are blessed to live here. Are you blessed to live here? Amen. So let's pray. All over America, there may be people praying for their particular cities. And we're going to be praying for ours and the areas in Carter County. Lord, bless this word today. And we thank you for what will be taking place for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. When I was seven years old, there was a picture on the phone book. And the picture on the phone book, we, how many remember Carolina Telephone? Yeah. We had Carolina Telephone. And uh, Carolina Telephone, we were on a party line. And uh, <laughs> that sounds like a dance song, doesn't it? But we had one long ring, and the other person on the party line had two short. And, and so that was just the way it was, and we finally got our own private line, and we thought we were rich when we got a private line. But on the cover of, of that phone book, if you could show that picture for me, I need that picture. Yeah, how many of you remember this view from Apollo 9? And this was on our phone book. I don't remember looking at that and how amazed I was. For those of you who were uh, under the age of maybe 30 or 40, this is, this is before we had uh, Google Earth. Yeah. These were some pictures we, we were able to pick. And this was amazing. And I look at this picture and I see uh, there's Cape Hatteras, that, the furthest point, and then Cape Lookout, and there's all of eastern North Carolina. And I thought, wow, that is amazing, that view from space. 
And I, but as I look at that picture now, it's not just something that's pretty much a picture. It represents lives. It represents people. It represents homes. It represents businesses. It represents churches. It represents all of the communities in eastern North Carolina. And down at the bottom, God has strategically placed us so that we can be a light down at Carteret County. I know that there's a lighthouse here, but I think God has called Glad Tidings Church to be a lighthouse in the midst of the darkness. And so that's what God is calling us to do. And as I look at this picture, I think about the one that's in the middle, this other picture that's in the middle. This is a, an aerial view. It's maybe kind of cloudy, but this is a view of, of Moorhead City. And there's the bridge going across to Atlantic Beach. And it represents our city. It represents where we live. It represents our communities. And God wants to do some powerful things as we begin to pray. Let's talk about this place that we live in terms of the context. From Cedar Island to Stella, how many Stellonians do we have here today? How many Cedar Islanders do we have here today? How, how many are down east people? Amen. And how many of you are, are more down that way? How many of you live down that way? All right. Amen. So we, how many are in, more in the center? Amen. How many of you don't know where you live today? <laughs> okay. All right. So we, we're in Carteret County, a hundred, I think it's, an, it takes 72 miles. And, if, and this is what one uh, Google said, an hour and 37 minutes to drive from one end to the other from Stella all the way down to Cedar Island. And, you know, it's one of the longest counties in the state. And when we think about this broad area where God wants to work, God wants to move in our cities. God wants to move in Newport. How many Newport people do we have here today? Look at the Newport people. How, how many Moorhead City residents do we have here today? A lot of more. Uh, Cape Carteret and uh, uh, Beaufort. How many Beauforts do we have here? Uh, how many live uh, past uh, the Harkers Island area, uh, all of that area down there? Dave, Davy Shore and all that down there. Some of you live down that way. Uh, what town have I not called out? Somebody? What's that? Bogue. How many are, are Bogonians here today? Okay. A lot of Atlantic, Atlantic Beach, Broad Creek, Emerald Isle. Uh, ocean. Yeah, I'm a resident of Ocean. We, we don't have our post office yet, but maybe one day. But God loves these cities. God loves the people in these cities. And you know what? I believe that the enemy has set up principalities and powers over certain areas. Oh, is that true, Pastor? You just asked Daniel about that. He prayed in the Old Testament that God would give an answer. And one of the angels said there was a principality and power that had, there was battle that had to be done. Do you realize the enemy does not want this place to be all that God has designed it to be? Do you realize there have been principalities and powers over America 
over the last uh, 300 years in certain places. And there were people who prayed and believed God to bring about change in their cities. And I know that God wants to do the same. When we think about Abraham, he began to stand in the gap for Sodom. And Sodom was a place where it was continually evil. And God heard the cries of, the, of, of Sodom, and, Sodom and all of the evil that was in the atmosphere. It came to the mind of God and the ears of God. And God sees the city. He's going to check things out. And so a man by the name of Abraham, he stands in the gap for that city. And he begins to pray. And so as I said before, this is the first time that a man intercedes for a city. And over the next 40 days, beginning this Wednesday, we are called to do two things. We're called to do two things, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. We're called to do two things. The first thing is found in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 22. Genesis 18 and verse 22. And when we look at that in terms of the text, the Bible says that Abraham, he remains standing before the Lord. Do not miss this important passage of scripture and just get a picture of Abraham just standing there waiting to talk to God. No, you've got to understand that he is standing before an almighty God. He's standing before him. A man stands in God's presence. This is not just a geographic stance, but a spiritual stance. So we are called to present ourselves before the Lord. Present ourselves before the Lord. That's the first thing that we've got to do. When we present ourselves before the Lord, it's as if we have an appointment with God. And we keep that appointment because God wants to do something in our lives. And we need to get into the presence of God. This is something that happened in the Old Testament. Three times a year, every male would have to come before the presence of God. They'd have to go to the Holy, go to Jerusalem, and they'd present themselves. And the reason that they were to do that is because over time, if people did not come and stand and acknowledge God, they would forget all that he had done for them. I'm telling you, when you come into the presence of God, it's not necessarily that I come with my long list. You need to get in the presence of God just because he loves you. You need to get in the presence of God just because of what he's done in your life. You need to get in the presence of God because of all of the promises in the word of God. Just come and stand before the Lord. You don't have to say anything. Just come and say, here I am, God, and let him minister to you. There was a time when I, I talked to my father, and my father would say, about once a week, it seemed like on Monday night, he said, let's go to see Granddaddy Jordan. And I didn't want to go see Granddaddy Jordan. Granddaddy Jordan, I, he, he talked funny, and he was an older gentleman, and it smelled funny, and it smelled like wintergreen in the house or whatever. And I remember us going in there. But, and I said, Dad, why do we have to go there? He said, Son, we wouldn't be here without Granddaddy. And he's, a, he's been a blessing. He loves Jesus. And were it not for him... Your grandmother, my mother, would not have known the Lord. And so we need to go and just, he's not going to be here with us much longer. And there was just something about paying respect and honor. I want to tell you something. 
We've lost that in our nation. We've lost that in our communities. And people don't acknowledge the God of the universe. I want to tell you that there are many today who are trying to deny and to mock the existence of God. But I will tell you, God is alive and we must stand in his presence and would that nations and people acknowledge him. They will one day. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. But why do we not now as Abraham? Let's get in the presence of God and stand before him as his people. Stand before me. Present yourselves before the Lord. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says that I urge you, brothers. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of what? Oh, man, has God been merciful to you just this morning, just yesterday, for what he did on the cross? In view of, his God, of God's mercy, you are to do what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and what? Proper worship. Some people think, well, worship is when I get into church and he's alive. He's... You go to worship that? Yeah, we sang this. What did you do last Sunday? We sang about the Graydon Paul Bridge. You know, we did a whole lot of different No, that's not what we're talking about. When you go to worship, yes, there's a corporate factor, but God is saying, you individually need to present yourself before me. And it's something that doesn't happen in the midst of all of your family. You need to get a room in your house, and if it's, just, if it's the bathroom or whatever, and you have to get in the shower and pull the curtain, that's the only place you can get some privacy. Do what you have to do to get in the presence of Almighty God. Present yourselves before him. It is your spiritual worship. In the Old Testament, they laid the parts of the sacrifice on the altar. But that was the slain animal. But the Lord says, you are a living sacrifice. You are to constantly, you're alive, but yet you're dead to self. And you should present yourselves before the Lord. And so therefore, God is calling us to do this. Now, here's the question. How are we able to stand in the presence of an almighty God? How is it possible? Why would God want to even talk with man? We are sinful. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2 says, Your impurities, your iniquities have separated you, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not here. Do you understand the situation in Sodom? God was, was aware of the sin in that city, and it had come up before him. And it was, it was he, he abhorred the evil that was there, and there would have to be judgment. And so, yes, when God, when we look at him, yes, he's a God of grace, but we understand that sin must be dealt with. And we stand before an almighty God. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29 says, Our God is a consuming 
fire. David in Psalm 8 said, What is man that you are even mindful of him? Why would you want to have fellowship with us? Do we have anything that God would desire? Do we have anything that God needs? Do we have anything that God left in our house? Uh, No. I want you to understand that when God says you can meet with me, the reason that you can meet with God is because of grace. Why would God condescend to man? Why would he want to have fellowship with man? He is full of glory. John said that when I saw him, I fell as though dead. Isaiah said that when he was in the temple, his train filled the temple. And I said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. When it comes to God, he is pure and holy. When it comes to me, my righteousness is as filthy rags. How can I stand in the presence? of God with only one way and it's because of the grace of God. Romans says that death is in their mouths. Their mouths are an open pit. We are a scheming people and we do not follow after the ways of God. But God says I'm coming. I'm allowing you to stand before me because of my grace. And God wants us to understand that it's his grace, his unmerited favor. We're able to stand before him. It's because of it that we're not consumed. We're people of wrath. But yet God says in the book of Romans that there's a righteousness that comes about by faith. And Abraham, the Bible says, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That means that I just come and I stand before him and I don't stand on what I've done. I don't have anything to offer you. I stand totally on the blood of Jesus and what he's done for me. And that's because of grace. We need to celebrate the grace of God. We need to celebrate Celebrate the fact that we are not consumed. We need to celebrate the fact that God has blessed us in every way. He's good and His mercy endures forever. It's good to worship Him. It's because of grace. So I stand in His presence and I don't stand and say, look what I did this week, God. No, you better, you better change that. I was listening to an old song this morning. Second chapter of Acts. How many of you remember them? Oh, I go way back. And they said, there's a song, humble yourself before the Lord, humble yourself. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I need you, God. So it's because of the grace of God you're able to stand before him. So we present ourselves before the Lord, but we're able to do it by grace. Another thing that we need to understand that it's possible, not just because of grace, But it's possible because of God's desire to reveal himself. God wants to reveal himself. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. Here, this is so amazing to me. We can't stand in the presence of God except for grace, the covering of his blood. But God says, I am looking throughout the earth. In fact, it says... I am looking throughout the earth. There's one translation that says to and fro. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. And so God's saying, I am looking 
That last line refers to Asa and some things that he did, but he was talking about how God wanted to show himself mighty in, in that particular time and place, and he wants to do it today. So God is saying, I am looking for people who will stand before me. I'm looking for people whose hearts are committed to me. I, I want to strengthen you. I want to bless you. I want to do some things in your behalf. And here on this particular situation, Abraham stands before God and he stands before Sodom. And he says, in essence, God, will you do something? Will you have mercy? And God, he wanted God to reveal himself. Listen, God does doesn't have an ego, but he sees our condition, and without him we fail, and he looks for people to stand in the gap. He longs to bring salvation. He longs to bring goodness. He longs to bring joy. In fact, Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. I, I want to bless you. I want to minister to you. But then the next line says, but you would not. My son was talking to me yesterday. This is only State Carolina analogy that I'll use, all right? There's something that, I, that just gets in me about missing foul shots. They're free. Take them. No time gets off the clock. And my son said, what's up with that, Dad? Leaving points on the table. And I thought about it in terms of prayer. There are things on the table that God has set for his children. And we leave them on the table. Would that we say, God, I stand before you by your grace. Show yourself mighty in my behalf and in my community. How is it possible it's possible because of grace. It's possible because of God's desire to reveal himself. You know, listen, let me just say this. All God needs is a little opening. I've seen individuals, and they, they just turn their heart just a little bit toward God. And God just began to sweep them and minister to them. All he needs is just a little opening. And God will minister. You know, God saved a town that Jonah didn't even like. He said, God, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. In fact, if you save Nineveh, I'm going to be upset about it. But there were some people in Nineveh who just cried out to God and said, Forgive us. Help us. And God brought a revival to that city. And so therefore, you know what? He was obedient finally after he spent the night in the fish and he was bleached and he came up on the shore. I, you know, sometimes I've said, God, I've had enough. Now I'll do what you ask me to do. And so he went and he just preached a simple message. He said, just repent. Repent. The people did. All God needs is a little opening and he will do mighty things. But it's possible, not only because of God's grace, his desire to reveal himself, but it's possible because of relationship. Relationship. James chapter 2, verse 23. We sing this song sometimes. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called. Not Abraham gave himself that name, he was called God's friend. Whoa. God's friend? You mean I can be a friend of God 
You mean an awesome God, a God who's the Lord of the universe, who created all that there is, who's in control of all things? You mean I can be a friend with God? Abraham was a friend of God. Does God need friends? Not in the sense that he's lonely or needs help, but God wants to enter into relationship with us. He wants to have communion with his creation. That's where the blessing is. That was the very beginning when God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He wanted to just have fellowship with them and love them. Can you imagine what that was like? Man, there was no bugs, no moles in your yard, nothing like that. Everything was great and you didn't have to worry about mosquitoes and all this type of thing. And you just ate the fruit of the land and you played with lions and bears and whatever. There was no curse. And, and God walked in the, in the cool of the day with you. Man, that was paradise. Awesome place. But man sinned and was separated from that. But God wants to have relationship with us, have communion with us. And so the way I can put it is kind of like this, two short stories. When my, uh, my oldest son, Gray, he, he got a scholarship. And some of you have probably heard of, of Sunshine Lady Foundation. And, and, uh, and, and you know, you've heard of Warren Buffett and Doris Buffett and and. My, Greg came in and said, Dad, I, we got a scholarship. And I was like, and, you know, he was like, I got a scholarship. And, and you know, he was like, that's a good thing. His mother and I were like, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. But it's interesting that Doris Buffett said this. She wanted to give some of the money to help some of these students. And, you know, but yet she had a requirement. She would come once a year, and she would have a gathering at the history place, a little reception, and she said, you are to wear a shirt and tie, and you need to be here. And so she would come, and she would tell her story, and she'd want to get in, and she wanted to know some of the young people that she was helping. And, you know, I thought to myself, what does Doris Buffett with all the millions she has, the billions and her brother, and it's like they sneeze and dimes and nickels come out. I, I mean, it's just that kind of, what does she, there was a desire in her heart to be magnanimous. There was nothing that they could do for her, but she wanted to help. That is really the nature of God. He says, there really, you know, there's really nothing we can do for him, but he says, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to love you. I was blessed in high school. There was a gentleman who was the editor of the local paper. His name was Dower Jones, and he was the editor of this paper, and he heard about a missions trip that I was getting ready to get involved in. I was going to go to California. I was going to Italy and to France and to Poland, and a lot of these things had not happened in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, and, and you know, he just took some interest in me, and he, I would do, I would sing somewhere, and he would, he would show up. He said, "Man, I, I, I just enjoy hearing you sing." He said, "How can I want to help you? How much do you need?" And I told him what I needed, and he said, "I'm going to put something in the paper every week." And he put some, and he said, "I want you, the only thing I want you to do is this: I want you to come by once a week. Tell me how your week has been." And I thought to myself, and I said, "Mama, why does he want me to go to?" She said, "Honey, he has taken interest in you." And he just wants to have some fellowship with you. And so I made it my business 
that every Monday I went by the paper's office and I talked with him and he was just, he would smile and he enjoyed that fellowship that we would have together. I wrote him letters when I was in, in France and told him about what was happening and how we had a, an opportunity to go to places and sing for people who would walk 14 miles in the rain and all of these types of things. And, you know, there was nothing I could do for him, but he could do much for me. And if you have no other reason today but just to acknowledge the fact that God has done everything for you, you need to stand before His presence. You need to rejoice in His presence. You need to give Him some praise. You need to give Him some glory. You need to say, thank you, God. I could be in the pit of hell today, but you redeemed me. You ransomed me. You set my feet on a solid rock. And today I am worshiping you because you are good to me. If he's good to you, come on and bless him. Come on and bless him in this house. He's good to you. Stand before me, says the Lord. Present yourselves before me, says the Lord. It's because of my grace. It's because I want to show myself mighty. It's because that I want to bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Got a little more to go. You, some of you are getting ready to go to Golden Corral. That's the first thing that God wants us to do. And it's, you see, God is looking for worship. Genesis 19, 27, Abraham got up early and went to a place where he stood before the Lord. I got a place. I just go out there and stand before the Lord. That's what Abraham did. And then he, he worships him, and he's obedient to the Lord. Whatever God said to Abraham, that's what he did. Abraham moved from Ur. Okay. Abraham offered tithes to Melchizedek. Okay, Lord. Abraham, offer your son to me. Okay, Lord. God honors worship and obedience. And you know, when I think about Abraham, that's one of the reasons God called him friend. Because he said, I, in that man's heart, he believes in me. The Bible says he believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And God said, oh, you're my son. I want to bless you. I, listen, God wants to bless you. You know, my father wanted to bless me. And you've got people in your life that want to bless. You know, your husband. I, men, I hope you bless your wife this, this Wednesday. Women, I hope you bless your husband this Wednesday. I want to tell you something. Preach this right now. Valentine's Day is not a one-way holiday. Oh, man, is that good. All the men said? Amen. All right. So I want you to understand, you know, I just, just want to have fellowship with you. I could do things for you. I want to bless you just because I love you. And this man was, was so in tune with the heart of God, and God called him friend. And so God says, Glad tidings, I want you to stand before me. And here's something that I, I really think is important. I was in Pastor Shad's office the other day, and he was talking to me about this. He said, you know what? This is a time of intercession. He said, but Pastor, I want to make sure, and I agreed with him wholeheartedly, that this is not just a time to ask for things. Are you with me today? This is a time to worship. This is a time to get in the presence of God. This is a time to bless his name. And I want to tell you something. 
God, when you start entering into that relationship with God, there may be things that you've asked for, and it may not be, be a little something or whatever, and God begins to work and move in relationships, and man, God surprises. How many of you are surprised by God just about every other day? God's just doing something, ministering. That's the relationship that I'm talking about. God longs to take delight in you. God loves you. He rejoices over you with singing. He loves you today. Come and stand before me, says the Lord. Number The second thing that the Lord wants you to do is that he wants you to intercede for our cities. Intercede for our cities. Intercede for your neighborhood, your community. Genesis 18, 23, Then Abraham approached and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? You've got to understand that Abraham is not asking for anything for himself. He's not saying, Well, Lord, Sarah has given me some issues. He's not saying, Well, Lord, I had a little problem with Lot over there. He's not asking for anything like that. He's not, well, I don't really feel good today. I'm in a bad attitude. I've got a bad attitude, God. He's not saying any of that. Abraham is interceding. And God is moving us from supplication. Supplication, we talked about this last week. Supplication is me prayers. My stuff. What's going on with me? What's happening in my world? But God is saying, I'm going to move you from supplication to intercession. A man stood before God and put the city on his back and said, God, will you have mercy? If there are 50 people who love you, yes, Abraham, if there are 50 people in that city who love me, I will spare Well, God, how about 45? Yes, Abraham, 45. And he started feeling that God was a merciful God. He said, maybe I can ask for 40. God, how about 40? Yes, Abraham. 30? Yes. 20? Yes. How about 10? God said, if you find 10 righteous people, Abraham, I want you to see this man is bargaining with God. This man is entering to worship God humbly, asking God to minister to Sodom, asking God to pour out his blessing and to save them. So you've got to understand two things. Intercession, the Greek word is intuxis. It means a meeting of two parties where one makes a petition in behalf of someone else. A meeting of two parties where one makes a petition in behalf of someone else. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. This is where this word is used. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession. Say intercession. And thanksgiving be made for all people. And then it goes on to say, especially for those who are in authority. That's talking about praying for some of the people in your town. Oh, God, you know what? You know, you need to pick up the, the news or listen to the news. And you need to listen with a praying ear and look with a praying eye. And you say, oh, Lord, maybe there's something happening in this situation. There's something happening in this municipality. Lord, the, the name of that, that, uh, that man who's on that council... His name is Billy Bob. Lord, I pray for Billy Bob. 
and whatever his name is, and I'm asking you, God, to minister. I want to tell you one of the greatest things that I could have had the privilege to do. I'm very thankful that we live in a county where our county commissioners have said, we will open our meetings with prayer. And you need to be thankful that you still live in a county where they uphold that. In fact, you need to let the commissioners know that you appreciate them. You know what? We complain too much about our commissioners. We complain about this person, complain about the governor, complain about the president, complain about his hair, whatever we do. We complain about... Listen, I think God's people are called to intercede and to pray for those that are in authority. If we begin to pray, God might do some more things, but if we complain and complain, nothing's really going to happen. I'm going to tell you why. We need a revival in Washington, D.C. We need a revival in Raleigh. We need a revival in Beaufort. We need a revival in our communities. God is saying, come on, church, stand up. Watch me do some awesome things. Stand before me and intercede for your city. What do we need to pray for? I don't know if you've got that video. Is that video up there? It's ready to go. Listen, there's a, there's a guy here. I don't know if he's here. J.D., are you here? Is J.D.? This was a video. He, he just came to me and said, Pastor, what are we praying for? And I began to tell him some things we were praying for. And he put it together in a video. I want you to take a look at it right now. Can we do that? There are children of broken homes. Turn the volume there up. are marriages in crisis. There are people living without purpose, values that are immoral, people who don't know Christ or who have never been to church. All of this indicates that we need to be drawn back to Christ. God is as close as your next prayer. David said God is listening for his children to call on him for greater things. God answers prayers. He's the God that defeated armies. He's the God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that was in the lion's den with Daniel. He's the God that saved Jonah from inside the whale. God tells us to be strong in the Lord and His might. He tells us to put on the full armor of God and equip ourselves with the Word. So if our God can do all of this, imagine what He could do for our city. Oh, man. Oh, wow. J.D., stand up, man. J.D.'s only been a believer, really following Jesus for about a year or so. Amen. Good job, bud. Man, some of these kids, they come and they just say, hey, P.T., let me show you this. And it's like, whoa. I'm still on the legal pad, Nikki. And these kids, you know what? God's doing some great things in their lives. And, and, you know, God wants to move in our city. And I want you to understand B. Let's go to the last one there. Intercession moves God's heart to act. It moves God's heart to act. In Genesis 18, 32, God said, I will save if you only find Move Abraham prayed and interceded in behalf of that city. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says, come, let us reason. Let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be like wool. I look at it this way. Some stores, they have this thing on some of these 
purchases. And if you steal something or you take it out and it doesn't belong to you, if you try to take that thing off, it'll explode and there'll be a stain on that. I want to tell you something. There's the, the stain of blood on our hands. And God says, though there is the stain of blood on your hands, you have performed evil. You've committed evil. You were born evil. But God says, come, let's reason together. Come, intercede in behalf of the city. Intercede in behalf of your children. Intercede in behalf of broken homes. Intercede in behalf of marriages that don't have a chance. Intercede for the school system. Intercede for the board of education. Intercede for the county commissioners. Intercede for Beaufort. Intercede for Down East. Intercede for Atlantic Beach. Intercede for Moorhead City. Intercede for the Highway 24 and Cape Carteret and Emerald Isle and Stella and Cedar Island and watch me work and move. God is saying, Come, come, stand before me. I want to do something in your midst. Intercession moves the heart of God. It moves the heart of God. And God is saying, I want you to enter into my presence. Put that on the screen. you got to understand, God is saying, it moves my heart when you begin to call on my name. And so here's what we're going to do over the next 40 days, beginning Wednesday. 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, God is faithful, and no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. I'm claiming the promises of God. I believe God is going to work and move. I like what J.D. said. God did all these wonderful things in history. If God is the God of history, God is the God of now, and he is the God of the future, and God is saying, stand before me, and we are to stand before him and intercede in behalf of our cities. Now, I want to tell you something. In 40 days, I'm expecting things to change because God is raising us up, and God is saying, I've been waiting for you to call on my name, and I will move and act, and I will bring a blessing to your community. How many of you believe that God is able and will bring ministry? He will bring revival. He will do it. Thank you for listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast. For more sermons, please search for Glad Tidings Church on Podbean and iTunes. For more information regarding our church, Sunday morning services, and other groups and gatherings, please visit our website at gladtc.com.